listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Welcome to the Rainmaking Podcast. My name is Scott Love, and I'm your host. And my goal in producing this show is to give you content that helps you to get more business, better business, and eventually all the business from your clients. Sometimes I'll have guests on here that have a lot of wisdom to share in other areas. And today we have a repeat guest, Mark LeBlanc. If you're not familiar with Mark, I'd recommend listening to show number 19, where he talks about how to get more referrals. He has a no-cost strategy that's very specific, and it'll definitely help you in that area. Show number 19. Today, we're talking about how to create an extreme sliver of focus. And now, let's listen to what Mark has to say to help us to increase our sliver of focus. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me again on the Rainmaking Podcast. And today we've got a previous guest, Mark LeBlanc, joining us talking about how to create an extreme sliver of focus. And Mark, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, thank you, Scott, for having me. You bet. It's good to have you back. Your content is always rock solid. And tell us with our topic today, and as you know, those in professional services, they're busy people. They don't have a lot of time. They've got multiple competing agendas. They've got lots of distractions that are competing for their attention. Let's hear about your story. How did you find your way regarding focus? Well, I think most of the time we find our way because we are the opposite. So I've been on my own my entire adult life. I had a job once for about six months and I found out at a very early age that I was unemployable. (laughs) In fact, I found out uh, I was inspired by the two words, you're fired. (laughs) And I made a vow at 21 that I would do whatever it would take to make it on my own. But I think I went through a long period of time where I was unfocused. Mm -hmm. And I, I certainly worked hard. There's a saying, Scott, you certainly are familiar with it. It's not about working hard. It's about working smart. Right. And I don't, over the course of time, I, I've come to realize that I'm not so sure it's about working hard, although some professionals certainly could benefit from a little better work ethic. I don't think it's even about working smart, although many of us could benefit, and of course, early on in my career, by making better decisions. So that's what it's all about. Well, one, there's one more layer here. Okay. I think it's about being deliberate. Mm-hmm. and moving forward in the direction of your professional dream, however you define it. Mm. And I think that becomes the challenge is how do you define what you really want and what you are willing to do in order to get what you want? So defining what you want and what you're willing to do. And tell me about that. What does that mean exactly? How does a professional go about doing that? Well. It was, and I've had, I mean, some would say I've had a successful journey or career after 38 years of being in business for myself. Sometimes, Scott, I I feel like I'm just hitting my stride, (laughs) Uh, that that maybe I'm a late bloomer and the the next 10 years are going to be amazing. But I I think I was successful by accident, not (laughs) not necessarily by design. And it was approximately 10 years ago when I was on a bit of a personal retreat, just 
personally and professionally. And, and I just started wrestling with this question, what do you really want? And I started to write. And what came out of that little brainstorming session, I wrote down 10 I want statements for both my life and my work. It was not your typical, I mean, it wasn't a goal setting exercise. It was, it was deeper than that. You know, what were the 10 most important things that mattered to me personally and professionally? There was a net worth goal and there was a philanthropic goal. And, you know, I wanted to go back and walk the Camino de Santiago a second Mm -hmm. time. And I wanted to get married again after a separation and divorce. And so, I mean, it was just like, you know, what really matters to me? And I I signed it and dated it. Hmm. And first I thought, well, now how am I going to make this happen? And I didn't know. I didn't felt this overwhelm. I felt more peace, this clarity of, of what I really wanted. And I signed it and dated it. And then I dubbed it my ultimate lighthouse. And over the last nine or 10 years, everything that I do, every decision I make is weighed against, is this going to help me check off one of these 10 things or not? And it, it gives me that, that degree of focus around what really matters. You know, I can be in a seminar or presentation and ask an audience a question. How many of you believe uh, that focus is everything? And of course, everyone will raise their hand and I'll say, it's not. And they'll look at me and I'll say, extreme focus is everything today. The decisions you make and the steps that you take each and every day will ultimately take you where you want to go or they won't. So why do you think this is challenging? Why do you think people have a hard time figuring this out? Well, let's bring it back to business. And I think one reason it's so hard is that people get hung up on an annual goal. And my recommendation is throw away the annual goal. I mean, the annual goal is good for nothing. Scott, you and I did heresy, not Heresy, Mark. Up. This is heresy. Well, I understand that. <laughs> you and I, you did not wake up this morning and have a cup of coffee or whatever your little morning routine is and say, a hot diggity dog, I get to work on my annual goal today. Right. And so I think sometimes the annual goal, even the quarterly goal, lets us off the hook. Okay, so what, what can we do to modify this? If we brought up with set your goals, annual goals, should we still have goals? What's your overall opinion on this? I think it's good to have a frame for what you want to achieve in a year. Hmm. But I would rather look at what I refer to as a monthly, not a monthly goal, but I call it a benchmark. Mm-hmm. And, and if somebody, I guess the easiest way is just to divide your goal, you know, by 12. Start there mm-hmm. and call that your optimistic, your monthly optimistic sales target, not revenue target, sales target. You know, what's the amount of work you want to contract for or book every 30 days? I believe the secret to your success lies in the phrase every 30 days. Hmm. And if we can sharpen our focus around a model month 
and then create a path and a plan to be at or near that model month every 30 days, we've got a much greater likelihood of hitting whatever we wanted in a 12-month period. Let me challenge this assumption that you're saying. Let's say somebody's in the type of professional services where they press a button and they don't get an immediate result. They are an attorney with the big firm and they know that the business doesn't come in every day. They get business from existing clients, but in terms of new business, they just don't know where it's coming from. Do you think that the monthly benchmark, could that translate into action steps or other metrics associated with the inputs rather than the outputs, rather than the incoming revenue? Absolutely. And that would be the second, you know, first throw away the annual goal. Okay. And then second, now you're really going to think I've gone off the deep edge. Um, <laughs> I'm getting used to it. Heresy yeah. every day. This is good. Have Mark um, LeBlanc on your show and he'll rock your paradigm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, don't focus on the result. <laughs> what? No. Um, <laughs> celebrate the result, but reward the activity. Aha. Uh-huh. Now we're getting okay. somewhere. All right. Okay. I'm getting a good warm fuzzy where we're going down this path, Mark. Focus only on what you have control over. Absolutely right. You have no control over whether the result falls where you want it to fall or not. But what you do have control over are the actions, the implementation of strategies, the planting of seeds on a monthly, weekly, daily basis. And so if we create that foundation or find that mix. I call it that I imperfectly execute a mix of four marketing strategies every 30 days. I'm not perfect at anything, but I've identified the four that are central to my success. I have a number or a benchmark attached to each one. Mm -hmm. And every 30 days, I focus on executing or implementing that mix of strategies. Certain strategies, I, you know, if, if you were going to give yourself a monthly report card, I mean, there's one or two strategies I get an A or A minus on, one I get a B on, and probably one I get a D on in certain months. But I have the mix. So let me ask you this. Let's say somebody's busy. They're managing one fire after another. They're spinning plates, so to speak, but they know they still have to keep their eye on the ball on these action steps that you talked about. Is there any sort of systematic way, maybe a ritual or habit somebody could create so that they don't lose sight of that? They know that if I do these action steps, it might be a year before I bear fruit, so I better focus on those fires that are closest to my feet. And hence, they lose the ability to generate business over the long term. It's kind of like you don't wake up one day and say, gee, why did my teeth fall out? Well, that's because you were too tired to floss them at the end of the day. You know, you, you didn't do those little habits every day. What, what are some recommendations you'd have in that regard? Well, there definitely are some practices and even some mindset approaches. But, you know, so the number's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of the monthly optimistic number. What I mean by that is I don't care what somebody's number is. Mm-hmm. What's important is that they have one. Right. So whether it's $100,000 a month, 
that somebody wants to contract for or $40,000 a month or an independent professional who wants to do $15,000 a month. It's, it's what is your monthly optimistic sales target? But then every day, ask yourself what I call the AM PM questions. And let's just for illustration's sake, say that $100,000 is the monthly sales target. In the morning, your AM question is, what am I doing today to book my optimistic number of $100,000? And at the end of the day, your PM question is, what did I do today Mm. to book my optimistic number of $100,000? And don't screw with the questions. It's word for word. The only variable that you have is whatever your number is. Now, just just asking yourself those two questions are going to bring you back to center every morning and you're going to have your daily moment of truth at the end of the day. But then, and this would be the easiest place for any professional to start, and that is after you ask the AM question, make it a habit to plant one seed. Success is a seed planting game. And I don't care how busy a professional is. Just one seed. One like seed. Sending an email to a prospective client or something. Correct. It could be, uh, I call it the storm starter strategy. And it's a seed planting strategy. And I plant three seeds a day. Mm-hmm. Every day, I either make a call, send an email, drop a note in the mail, mail a book, a text someone but I just, I can plant three seeds in less than nine minutes a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some people prefer the phone. I tend to be a phone guy because most of the time you're going to leave a voicemail message. And so I can, I can find three names and numbers and leave three voicemail messages in 60s up to 60 seconds a piece, plant my seed, get on with the rest of my day, you know, in delivering my work. But I guarantee you, and most people, you know, think, well, gosh, Mark, how could this make a difference? And it's like, you know, plant one seed a day, even five days a week. And pretty soon you will start to reap the rewards of momentum. And pretty soon, it won't be long, a month or two or three, and all of a sudden you've got this cumulative wave of momentum behind you. Mm. Just like your example of flossing. If you floss three days in a row, pretty soon you're like, why am I not doing this all the time? <laughs> you know, you, you floss seven days in a row and it's like, oh my gosh, this is great. You floss 30 days in a row and you're unstoppable. <laughs> um, you plant th- uh, one seed a day for three days. And, and here's the fascinating thing. The more focused you are in planting a seed a day, you're more likely to experience the ripple effect right. of being more consistent in other areas. Right, right. So what are other examples of these seeds? What, what are some other ideas that you've seen from your work and consulting to other professionals? Well, I want, I always encourage someone to have an everyday strategy, mm-hmm. a once a week strategy, a once a month strategy, a once a quarter strategy, and a once a year strategy as just a foundation. 
So it might be that you plant one seed a day. Maybe once a week, you have a coffee or a meal with someone, even virtually. Scott, every week I have two virtual coffees with prospects or eight every 30 days. And then I have a Monday morning memo that goes out every week. I've got two every week strategies. But every Monday morning, I send a Monday morning memo to 70 or so of my active coaching clients. And then twice a month, I do uh, what I call a showcase uh, presentation. I do something for no fee or pro bono that I would normally charge for. It might be a webinar. It might be a presentation of some type. It might be a no-fee complimentary brainstorming session. But I refer to that as the showcase strategy. So if I do my two showcases every 30 days, if I do my eight coffees every 30 days, if I plant three seeds a day, 20 days a month, or 60 seeds and I do my Monday morning memo four times a month, I know, I know, history has proven to me that I will get the number of referrals, I will get the number of inbound emails or telephone calls that will put me in a position, and this is an important distinction, Mm -hmm. it will put me in a position to have the number of prospect conversations I need every 30 days. It won't guarantee that I'm going to contract for my number, but it will virtually guarantee I'll have the number of at-bats. Because it's one thing to market yourself and your services. That will get you the conversations. Your skill level and whether or not you can close something is a whole nother ballgame. I really like how you break this down. And I like the AM, PM questions starts with that. What am I doing today to book my, what was the words that you had? What am I doing today to book my optimistic goal? Yeah. What am I doing today to book my optimistic sales target of X, whatever that number is. And then immediately after that, we execute on at least one action item, one C. At the end of the day, what did I do? to book my optimistic sales target. And one thing I've done, we have a very similar philosophy, Mark, because I always believe, at least in the recruiting world where I work, where if you hang your emotions up on the deals, you're going to get disappointed. And I get more excited on the inputs than the outputs. I get more excited getting an attorney in front of a client than I do actually closing a deal because I have more control over how many interviews I set up. And that's what I track. And in my world, you can go a long time before you close the deal. Sometimes the deals come out of nowhere, but when you've got the right sort of volume of activity with the right skill and execution and nuance and all that stuff, it becomes a predictable business model. And one of the things I've done, similar to what, how you think, I keep an Excel spreadsheet and I track on there four things every day. At the end of every day, I document four things. And I've been doing this since January of 2017. So Mm -hmm. I've got almost four years of data and I have it on, and I was looking at it yesterday. I had my two colleagues, we did a screen share and I'm showing them this, these are the trends. Look how good August was in terms of the inputs. And then nobody's working. You know, I mean, people are, but it's, you don't see a lot of traditional vacations like you did before. Sure. But, but the four things I, I document at the end of every day, what was my greatest achievement? And I'll document that. What was my biggest lesson learned? Where did I screw up? Where did I make a mistake? Mm. 
And over time, I'll look at those and I'll look for trends in mistakes I'm making. And then each month I would set a character goal that would ameliorate that deficit, that would improve that. Then the other two things for my business are what are the, in terms of inputs, in terms of the action steps at the beginning, what, how many submissions did I make? Did I present a partner's resume to a client? And then how many first round interviews did I set up? Because those are the inputs. So I'd recommend people listening to take heed to Mark's advice and look at what are your inputs and what would be some recommendations you'd have for professionals listening to kind of figure out what some of those seeds might be, what some of those other action steps would be kind of at the beginning of the process. Well, we all have and it's fascinating. You look at four things at the end of your day. Mm -hmm. And I've not used this term with you before, but I call them or little different cousins. Uh, so to speak, to what you're looking at. I call them high-value activities. Okay, great. And so when you ask the AM question, what am I doing today to book my optimistic number of X, an easy start would be plant one seed a day. Right. The graduate level would be jot down three high-value activities Mm. that you're going to do each day. And then at the end of the day, your PM question, what did I do today to book my optimistic number of X? And then it's like, did you get those three things done? Right. Did you have good intentions in the morning and then busy work or deliverable work or client issues and problems? Did, did anything and everything get in your way that prevented you from doing those three little baby business development steps? Do you think people should document those, what they do every day, or does it just become an automatic habit? Or what do you think about that? You know, I think if that is a person's style, I think it's a fabulous idea. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard enough just to get people to to ask the AMPM questions. But that is an incredible mindset thing. But if they started recording, if they created a high-value activity recorder, and I do, I, I often encourage people, you know, go to Office Max or Staples and, and buy a, you know, a spiral-bound notebook and and on the cover, just write Mark's stupid storm starter strategy. <laughs> and, and just keep a track, keep track of the storm starter calls or emails or, or text messages that you send. Now, here's the interesting thing, Scott, is that most people, when they hear me talk about this, they, their mind immediately goes to a cold call. When in reality, I'm planting very few seeds with strangers. Yeah, yeah. That's the least Uh, likelihood of getting business anyways. That's right. I'm planting seeds with my advocates. I'm planting seeds with my people who've been on my database for some for years uh, that maybe it just hasn't been the right time. Um, Now, you and I have the benefit or the luxury of having a deep well of past clients. Mm-hmm. And so do many attorneys and accountants and other professionals. And so many fall into the trap of, well, if they wrote me a check once, uh, they'll call me back when they need me. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to maintain a high volume of business over the course of time because I don't fall into that. I call it the, one of the deadly sins. And of course, we all have people Uh, that we have served in some capacity, only to find out a year or two or three later, that client had a need in a different area. And then all of a sudden you have a conversation with a past client 
and they say, hey, we just hired so-and-so to help us with blank. And all of a sudden, you're looking at your, at your past client yeah, or even a current client that you might be working on a particular uh, challenge or case. And all of a sudden, you say, well, gosh, our firm could have helped you with that or we could have supported you or helped you figure that out. And your client looks at you and says, I didn't know you did that. Right. And then to make matters worse, they kick you when you're down. Uh, they, they don't mean to. They say, well, gosh, Mark, I would have rather committed that money to you. Right. And there's a lost opportunity. So when we think about our potential, we look at, obviously, there are, you know, we want a trickle of new prospects coming into our world. But how we... How we mine for goal in our CRM or our database, how we look to the well called past clients, and then how are we not just marketing, but educating and motivating our current clients. That's why I do a Monday morning memo. Mm -hmm. It takes me five minutes to write, takes about two minutes to read. But for the people that are in my active book or stable of clients, I want to just keep motivating them. I want to keep them tethered to me, drop a pearl of wisdom, uh, remind them of something I might have coming up in the next year, or looking for opportunities to be of, of even greater service to the people I'm serving today. Well, Mark, those are fantastic ideas. As we wrap up things here, And I want to encourage people that if you like what you've heard from Mark on this program, I'd encourage you to go to the website, watch a 45-minute luncheon speech that he gave on how to have your best year ever. And Mark, we'll put that link on the show notes, but what's the link they could go to to watch that? Uh, They could go to uh, www.growingyourbusiness.com. Great. They'll be able to find that on there? Absolutely. Front and center. Good, good. And we'll put that link on the show notes. If you didn't remember that, if you're hearing it or if you're in your car, don't pull over and, and, and uh, keep your hands <laughs> 10 and 2 and check it out later. So what's your best closing tip or pearl of wisdom for our listeners, Mark? Reset your counters to zero every 24 hours. And what I mean by that is if you can develop the mindset of letting go of whatever did or did not happen, We're good at resetting our counters to zero on January 1st, some of us on our birthday, some of us said Labor Day. But imagine if you could uh, just just ask the AM, PM questions every day. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, however your day went, good, bad, ugly, or great, you reset your counters to zero and you start over the next morning with your AM questions. That's great, Mark. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show today. We'll have you back on here again in the near future, I'm sure. And thanks so much for your wisdom and your time today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.